How many know you got to sing sometimes, even when things are not going your way? Amen. We have some special guests with us today, and we are going to invite them up here in just a moment. But I want to testify to you about God's goodness over the years and how he has been faithful to his church. I'm uh, Joe Irostic, your friendly neighborhood pastor. If you're visiting with us today, we're so thankful you're here. So during the time of COVID, we were good boys and girls, and we shut down church because we didn't think that a government would turn against us and use uh, our health as a weapon. And so we, we said, of course, I mean, yeah, if, if we're going to kill grandma, if, if people are going to die, uh, we'll stay home and go online. We've been online since it first started many, many years ago. But over time, as a pastor, I began to research and do my due diligence. I began to see that there was something suspect in what was going on. And, and those of you who know us, we were never COVID deniers. I'm not an anti-vaccine person, though we have some of those in the church, and we love you, and we pray for you. Some of you believe the world is flat, and we didn't go to the moon, but we still love you. But uh, you know, we welcome everybody here as long as you don't cause any trouble with that. So anyways, I, I just said, hey, I'm going to start looking into this. And so I personally had not involved myself in a lot of politics or political things up until that time. And that, you know, probably is something against me as a pastor. I'm just uh, focused on doing the things that the Lord had me to do. I felt that was somebody else's responsibility. I do not feel that anymore. Uh, it is now my responsibility by God's grace. And they will fear, fear this pulpit in Jesus' name. They will hear about us from this pulpit. And that began to happen as we continue on in the story here. But I just began to pray and I talked to some of our folks and I said, I think from what I've studied here, because, you know, by God's grace, I went to cemetery, I mean seminary, and I got my doctorate and we didn't read comic books. And so I'm a doctor and I may not be able to help you in one way, but I can help you in another way. Okay. So I said, I can read journals. I can read stats and facts. And I just began to understand. I said, I think from what we're, we're getting here is a little bit of disinformation from what's actually happening boots on the ground. It looks like for those those that are primarily in our congregation, this will just be similar to the flu. And if we are willing to take a risk, no one is forced to come. But if we're willing to take a risk, we can probably be a part of that thing that they call herd immunity. And lo and behold, we began to meet and have services. But then we found out the mayor didn't like that. We found out the governor didn't like that. We found out our neighborhood didn't like that. And so they started to protest us. And you guys remember the story and some of those things that began to happen. And and at that time, I was looking for resources. And then out of nowhere in my world, there was a man of God named Darren Bailey that showed up on my Facebook feed from southern Illinois. And he had something to say to the governor. And as God as my witness, tears began to come in my eyes because I said, here's somebody that's doing the right thing, and we will stand with him. And I remember the first time, sir, I shared one of your posts, and it really felt like the Bible says, rain on a hot day. It felt so refreshing, and I began to turn folks on to what you were doing. And from that point on, we began to pray for you as that lawsuit went forward. And so what he did is he sued the governor, and he'll, he'll explain more of that to you, but as a citizen, I believe you sued the governor, and then he won, and then he wanted every citizen to be able to have that same right. And from there, I believe God accelerated him, because what were you before all of this, or still are? What are you in politics? 
Yes. There we go. So he was a state representative, now a senator, and then we're going to hear about him running for governor. And I always say this, that, you know, as the church, we don't need to tell you who to vote for. That's not our job, but we need to tell you what kind of people to vote for, okay? So these are the kind of people we stand with because he stood with us during that time. And I just remember watching him make that stand, and what happened was is the same disinformation they used uh, with COVID, they started using against us. They started making me out to be a a religious fanatic that didn't care about anybody, that wanted to kill folks, and, and people started lying about us. They started taking pictures of my house, and God forbid I had a boat. They started, I don't have one anymore, but I did have a boat. They started taking pictures of it, and I was, I was just too prosperous for them, you know. I was supposed to be, you know, living on the streets, homeless, and wandering around, uh, but I saw them begin to, you know, dismiss governor, uh, you know, running for Governor Bailey here. I, I saw them begin to dismiss him, pull down his character. He's just some dude from the country, some farmer that doesn't know anything. And I, I saw his integrity, his, his, his word. He began to keep it, everything he said he would do. They not only just rebuked our governor, they prayed for our governor. They, they led by example. And so when we had the riots to catch everybody up to our connection, we stood up with Nini's Deli, and when Nini's Deli family stand up here, the Riosco family, can we give it up for the Rioscos? God bless you. Amen. When they were persecuted, because it was like boom, 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 like two major things happening in our ministry, because some of my friends, like Pastor Elam, he was taking the whooping with us, you know, with uh, the COVID stuff. But then when BLM happened, they, you know, they just went on about their business. We took it from the left and the right came at us. We took it with uh, COVID, and then we took it right after that with BLM, them, you know, wanting our brother here to side with their movement, and if you look back in the early days of that, you know, the documentary has come out, but uh, at the early days of that, he was being very clear. I stand with justice for Floyd. I don't think that was done right. Police need to be held accountable. Him, himself, his family comes from Cuba. They're immigrants. You know, they have suffered under, you know, hideous regimes, and they, they appreciate the freedom of this country, and they want justice and fairness, but that wasn't enough. They wanted them to jump on the bandwagon, but this brother's not jumping on no bandwagon where they're affirming the the lesbian homosexual agenda by tearing down the nuclear family. Now, we believe that you can have the right to do that. And as a governor, we have to pray for our, uh, you know, if our brother becomes governor, when he becomes governor, for wisdom to do that. We want them to have equal rights and so forth. But if you're asking us to stand with the movement that is wanting to destroy the nuclear family, that's not what we're about. You know, just like they may not be about what we're about here. So you can have your movement and we'll have ours. And by the way, we don't need the world, Oprah Winfrey, or any of these news networks to fix the problems of the world. We just need to follow what this book says. Amen. If we follow what this says, we'll fix it. Amen. Now, I appreciate the news when they get it right. I appreciate politicians when they get it right. But they need to be a part of a good church and continue to study the things of God and work out their own salvation. I feel we'll be better for it. And so when we stood with Nini's Deli, it was an honor. And then during that time, they, they met up together. The ones who hated us because of COVID got together with the ones who hated us because of BLM, uh, you know, and they said, hey, let's get together and burn that place down. So think about that. The church you're sitting in right now at one time was pretty much empty during that one Sunday as we had the riot police out there and threats going across the airwaves to burn this place down. How many are happy they didn't get their way, but Jesus did? The place is full. Amen. In Jesus' name, two services by God's grace. 
And so out of that, they became friends because Darren loves freedom. And then when I heard about that, I go, this man is just a gem to our culture, to our city, to our nation. And so when I heard from from, uh, Brother Juan that he wanted to come here, I just wanted to say all that to say, Brother, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for taking the stands that you have. And uh, maybe when you're done sharing the things that you're you're about right now, we could pray for you. And and just believe God for more people like you to rise up. So let's give it up. Let's give a good Metro praise. Welcome to Darren and Cindy Bailey. Come on. God bless you, man of God and woman of God. Amen. God bless you, everybody. Amen. Wonderful. Well, this is, this is absolutely amazing. God bless you guys. I didn't come here anticipating to uh, speak, so thank you for this opportunity because interestingly enough, God gave me kind of a, a message or a word to share and, wow. and I'm thinking, boy, it sure would be cool to share some of this stuff, but you know, yeah. I, didn't, uh, I, didn't, I didn't come here expecting that. Wow. Friends, we're living in some interesting days and, and usually when Cindy and I are invited and every Sunday, we are in a different church somewhere in Illinois and many times right up here, we've been on several churches right on here on Diversity Avenue. It's been amazing wow. already. Awesome. And typically, when I stand up, all I do is just kind of share. I remind people about, you know, the, the, ori- the origin of our country, about people fleeing religious persecution and being here, uh, reminding people to, to, to look at the Mayflower Compact, look at the Federalist Papers, re- take, take 30 minutes and read our Constitution and see if you don't see what I see, that, that the Word of God is just peppered. It's just, it's just saturated in our laws and our founding documents. And then I kind of remind people about, uh, you know, 250 years ago when this uh, journey began to to, to start this great country and how it was the church that first stood up. You know, we sang it today, 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and where there is freedom, there is liberty. That's us. That's us right here today. And then I was I'm sitting here and I'm thinking that uh, about uh, the, 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 the Bible verse, it doesn't come into my head right now, but it talks about the, uh, the tongue, you know, how dangerous the tongue is and how a small spark sets a great forest on fire. And being a farmer, I, I, I thought about many years ago about Chicago being devastated by a fire. Friends, I believe here in the very near future that the fire of the Holy Spirit is going to engulf Chicago. And when it does, think about the goodness that's going to happen. I believe that, friends. I've been married to the woman of my dreams for 35 years. We were both fortunate. We grew up in church. Uh, you know, many times I, I, I say fortunate because we were protected from a lot of the bad stuff of the world. And, and then as I grew up, I started seeing people who were, uh, you know, who, who, who were radically saved, you know, and, and, and didn't grow up in church. And, and I kind of became envious of that. I'm like, man, that's an awesome, you know, and then I realized that an awesome testimony. And then I realized that all of us together, God, that's the church. That's the church. We come together and, 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 and we, we spread the good news. And I never dreamt in a million years that I'd be standing here spreading the good news as a politician because that word makes me, just makes my, just churns. It just, ugh. Politicians, historically, they, they cheat, they steal, they lie because, you know, this is kind of a big thing to stand up here and, 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 and running for a, a position as governor because many, many times people all across Illinois have, and, and all across this world, people stand up and they make these grand promises and, and then they go off to politics and then they just try how to get 
figure out how to get reelected. But friends, you have got to get engaged in the process. You have got to know and learn who your state representative is and who your state senator is and who your alderman is. And you have got to get engaged. God is calling us, the church, to be a part of the world. I love this, the, the, the 50 churches. And is that... In, here in Chicago and 500 across the world. That's amazing, and that's what we do. But f- think about what, how great Chicago would be. Think about how great Illinois would be if our focus gets back to where our focus should be and we truly become a Christian city, a Christian state, a Christian nation. Think of what, what the goodness that we could truly do all over the world. So, friends, I believe that. Cindy and I have four children. We have 10 grandchildren. I farmed all my life. We farmed 12,000 acres in southern Illinois. We have a trucking company. We have an excavating business. And, I, and, and we are so blessed that through the adversity of life, our four children and our 10 grandchildren, they love Jesus. And they're all they're leaders in different churches right around our area today. I am so thankful to a woman that had the foresight, usually before I do, I'll give it to her, the, the, the spiritual wisdom. I served for 17 years on a school board. Our youth minister stepped down, and then the school board came and said, hey, would, would you take this, this person's place? And I said, no. I said, I'm too busy working. My wife caught wind of that. She said, Darren, this is, uh, you really need to do this. You know, I, uh, there was a time when our farm was much larger, and I was engrossed in just work, workaholic. I loved it. I love farming. I love working. I love providing for my family. More, you know, and thank God for a, a, a wonderful spirit-filled woman that said, Darren, this isn't how we need to be living. We need to get our priority on our family, back on our church. And then one day when I got too noisy on Facebook about uh, in 2018 about the tax increases, man, it feels good on Facebook, doesn't it? When you just sit there and you can complain. And if somebody didn't like it, you just yeah, I'll delete you. And you get the people on board that think like you do. But I got a little too noisy in 2017, and all of a sudden, that Facebook status presence began to exponentially grow, and, you know, I was sharing. I was learning. I don't know anything about politics. I just love freedom, and I love being American, and I love living in Illinois, and I want my family and my grandkids to experience what I got to experience. Then I started sharing that and what the government was doing, and God just kept bringing things and and and. Next thing you know, people are coming up and saying, well, why don't you represent us? Friends, somebody may be kind of, some of you may have this on your heart as well. And I said, no. My wife said, caught caught that message a few days later. She says, Darren, I think this is the journey God wants us on. We fasted, we prayed with our church and our family and friends. And it just, this overwhelming feeling, just like, yeah, yeah, this is the journey. And I'm going to term limit myself and do all the right things that a good politician should do. And just let me do my time and I'll go back to the farm. But when we do things, we do things passionately. When we live, we live passionately. When we love, we love passionately. When we serve Jesus, we serve passionately. And wherever he puts us, we do it passionately. So I couldn't just show up at the state house and just sit and go home and vote and and try to do the right things. I had to be bold and I had to be courageous. And God gave us that opportunity, whether it was suing the governor whether it was eventually getting kicked out of the state house for not complying with this mandate that even the people that made the rules weren't even following of not wearing a mask. And I want you to know right now, I'm not anti-mask. I'm not anti-vaccine, friends. I am pro-freedom. Government educates and informs. We decide how we're going to live our lives. So here we are. Our state senator stepped down. I ran for Senate. And then this 
amazing journey that I would have never have dreamt up in a thousand years to run for governor. And I, and I thank you because uh, we were just reading the other day on our, on our Facebook status, and, and I've got almost as many followers as the governor himself has. People are, people are encouraged with this message of hope. But we looked at it, and, and, our, and our biggest following is from Chicago. And I'm like, well, where did that come from? Because we're just, that's amazing. So now I know uh, some of you friends uh, 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 contributed to that. So, so here's what I want to wind up with. Do I leave anything out? We're just we're, we're blessed to be here with you, and I, and I truly believe, and, and I know I don't have to share in depth what I what I shared earlier because I feel it here. Many times we go into to the churches and friends separation of church and state. Oh, don't buy into that. It's a lie. It's a lie. This this country. We are a Christian nation. We are not living and acting like it, but we are because our laws, our constitution, they declare it. They scream it. They 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 are saturated with it. We have got to get back to our foundation and how great it's going to be whenever the church finds its rightful role here in America because of what we... How great here in the heartland, the heartland, when we become the heartbeat of this nation here in Chicago. Friends, we can make Chicago the greatest city in this nation. I believe that, and I'm going to do everything within my ability to make that happen because what happens in Chicago, so the state will be great, and we can do some amazing things, and we will proclaim the name of God in the state house. We will proclaim the name of God in these government buildings. We will do things that people say you can't do in government because it must be done. So I'll wind up real quick. This is amazing. Last night we were speaking an event and uh, you know, we were at an event where everybody, it was, a, it, was a, it was an event to support me so everybody thought like us and, and one gentleman raised up his hand and he said, should we love Democrats and those people that are trying to destroy our country? I said, absolutely. Absolutely, we must. We are Americans. And this morning, and, and I want to invite you later to, uh, to read 2 Timothy 2.22 all the way through 3.17. That's an amazing verse. But I just, the, the, the second half is one that I've always shared because it talks about in these last days. Second, starting at 2 Timothy 2, or 3. 2 Timothy 3, read that when you go home this evening. Because, you know, it's, it, it explains what we're living right now. But I hadn't paid as much attention to the verses right above it. 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Now, that's not me. That's the people that disagree with me, okay? <laughs> Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts. And they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Friends, whether that's the heavy burden of taxation on us today. Whether that's the snuffing out of over 40,000 lives, innocent lives here in Illinois every year. And now we taxpayers pay for it. We have got to return moral and integrity, morality and integrity to our government. And you can do that. Develop that relationship with your sitting senator, with your sitting representative. Go to ILGA.gov. Go to the bottom, legislator, look up. Start praying for the very people right here who, who serve you. Serve. Don't forget that. Friends, it is so, you, you have no idea how exciting it is for Cindy and I to be here in a spirit-filled church and to experience what we just experienced and to see what and witness what, what you stand for. We've got a mission. It feels good right now. But what the, the important part is, is what you're going to do when you walk out these doors. 
So let's spread this wonderful message. God bless you so much for allowing us to, to we covet your prayers. Go to baileyforillinois.com, get on our, uh, check us out, follow us, go to our Facebook page and, and, and join in the journey with us. And then I want you, we need your feedback. We need your prayers. We have to do this together. I'm not going to do it. Cindy's not going to do it. We're not going to do it. We, the people, are going to, to, to get this back. And it will happen, friends. So God bless you. Thank you so, so much. So before you guys pray with us, could I pray over this? Just a, a pray over you and this church and this amazing sanctuary here. This, it just it feels so good here. Father God in heaven. I just, I praise your name. You are good and your faithfulness endures forever. And Lord God, I just thank you for what I can see, what Cindy and I see as we walked in these front doors. First of all, what we felt. Secondly, the growth that uh, we see taking place. The young people, the children that are here, Father God, bless them. Bless this place. Bless this amazing ministry, Lord God. I pray that your abundance would just overflow here and the needs of the future would just come exponentially and supernaturally without any explanation whatever except giving you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And Lord, as was praised or prayed earlier, the, 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 the young child, Father God, and anyone else that sits here today with, with a situation that they are concerned about, worried about, a, a healing that needs to take place, whatever it is, Father God, we know that all we have to do is ask. So, Lord God, bless this place. Bless these people. I pray for healing. I pray for just uh, prosperity to abound. I pray that we look to you. Father God, we seek you. You've promised us when we seek you and press into you that, Lord God, you will answer. So, Father God, show up in each and every, in every individual life here as each and every person presses into you, Father God. Shake us to the core that we might be saved and that we might live a life of obedience to you. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Let's keep praying. Father, we thank you for the Baileys. We have prayed in this church for godly people to raise up and take on the responsibilities of, politi of, of doing politics, Father. And now here are your servants, O oh God. They have given their heart to you. They have laid their life down to make this sacrifice. We pray you bless them, protect them, give them wisdom, bless their team, and help the church to stand up and do what's right so that they don't stand alone. And may others be convicted who may not yet be Christians or understand the Christian worldview to be convicted by what they're offering because it's better than what the world is offering practically as well. Father, we ask you to bless them now in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. We're so excited. We pray for folks like this and to have them with us. That's so amazing. And if it could not get any better, it's going to get better because one of my heroes came to town from the Philippines. And I'm going to introduce him to come in just a moment, but I have to share this. Normally, it's just little old John the Baptist, us in the wilderness over here. We feel so special having all these guests. But uh, we're just honored. We're going to keep going here. But uh, Pastor Ray, if you do not know this, has an apostolic calling upon his life. He has been the real deal. Oftentimes people talk to me, do I believe in living apostles and prophets? And I do. I don't believe they're the same office as the ones that wrote the Bible or had personal encounters with Jesus in that way. I believe they do the work of missionaries like apostles uh, being sent. I believe as prophets they speak to the 
church as a whole, not just to individual churches, and they give us direction. And, uh, you know, oftentimes we're teased for believing this by more of the formal churches. But to the Pope, we say nope. And I don't say that to be disrespectful. I do it to be honest. We need to work with the Catholics on different things. But let's just be honest for a moment. I would rather affirm what I believe is a living apostle by his fruit than a person who dresses up like mother, calls himself father, and kisses the Quran. Are you listening to me? So I believe in apostolic succession. I believe in a prophetic voice that is with us today. We just don't dress them up and have bells and smells. So I want you to be very careful on how you may be ashamed at times for the Pentecostal heritage that we have. And once again, we have our friend running for governor. We can agree with Catholics on pro-life. We can agree with them in politics and so forth. But I just say that because there's differences. And oftentimes when people see a church like this, you know, it's not a cathedral. We don't have Cardinal so-and-so over our ministry or Bishop so-and-so. That people look at us as, as we're just ran, you know, running wild, you know, that we're not under any kind of covering and that we don't respect the heritage of the church. And that is not true. Men like Pastor Ray could disciple the Pope, the Cardinal, and the Bishop of Rome. Are you listening to me? These men are living witnesses to the testimony of Christ, and they represent a heritage, especially not only for us in the Christian church, but in the Pentecostal church of what God can do. And, and, and since I messed with the, uh, the Roman Catholics, let's not leave every Christian denomination alone. Let's talk to the Presbyterians and the Baptists for a moment. Some of my Christian friends that I love and that I went to seminary with, they sometimes say to us, they go, oh, you Pentecostals, you're just, you know, the word of faith. You're just a televangelist. You're just those kinds of people. We don't see you doing uh, works of charity. We don't see you caring for the poor. We just see you driving the nice Cadillac they think of back in the 80s, you know, the Jimmy Swaggerts, the Jim Bakers, et cetera. This is a lie again. This is a lie against our movement. Our movement has been sending out missionaries from day one. We have been building hospitals and orphanages and caring for the poor. As spirit-filled believers, we are not just what you see flamboyantly on TV. Can I hear an amen, Metro Praise? We have cared for this community, and we have loved the people. And I say that because Pastor Ray has been an apostle to the Philippines ever since he got saved. And his missionary... Uh, stories are amazing of what he did there as a missionary working with the other mission groups that would come caring for the nation then how God called him to be a missionary here in America specifically Chicago I see some visitors that were probably pastored by the multiple churches that he pastored here in the city and then God brought him back over to the Philippines in his later years and if you didn't know this during the pandemic uh, the Philippines almost went to a dictatorship they began to control their media they began to control people coming in and out, and yet this brother has remained faithful to care for the children, to have schools for the children, planting churches. Can we put up some of those pictures now? And so I want to let you know out of our own mission money that we have already received from you, we are committing $2,000 to the Philippines and Pastor Ray today. Can we give it up for what God is doing? Amen. So, brother, use it as you, as you need. So $2,000 is already coming from our own mission budget that you have given to. But I would like to see us match that from the giving today. So we're not going to put up the buckets here again. There's a drop box in the back. Those of you who have the app, you know how to give through the app or Zelly Quick Pay at give at mpichurch.org. Here's a church that we're going to help sponsor. How much does this need to be finished? 
$500. That church is done. How many know today the church is done in Jesus' name? Amen? Because we've already covered that. Let's go to the next picture. They're planting another church. Uh, these are the people they're baptizing, some of the children. They're having fun at their baptism day just like young people do. Amen? Let's go to the next one. I want to see the other church. How much does this one need to finish? 2,000. So you see, now we're at 2,500. The church has only committed 2,000. Do you understand? I need someone to add the 500 to it, or many of us add the 500, because we want to make sure these two churches are taken care of, as well as your expenses. Is there another picture that we have? Or is that it? That's it? Okay. Let's pray for Pastor Ray as we get ready to welcome him up here because we're going to pray for this nation as well. Father, we thank you for the Philippines. We thank you for what you're doing in this nation through Pastor Ray and the many faithful servants there. We pray that in this church, those who give will give generously, Lord, according to their own ability. And as they do so, Lord, not on an, under manipulation, but out of their passion to serve you, they, they will receive blessings in return. And that this nation, God, that these cities that they work in will see the gospel, the these children will be reached. God, these schools will continue to grow. The feeding programs, the lunches, all that they do for them, helping God. I pray that you will bless them to be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Let's give it up for Pastor Ray Lierna as he comes. Amen. And as you give, just mark the Philippines. feel led to do this because so often um, you don't see me get prayed for. I want this brother to pray for me right now. Brother, would you pray for me? I'm going to kneel before the Lord, not before a man, but before the Lord in honor. And any elders and deacons that want to join me, I'm ready to cry right now. I just want whatever's on your life to continue my life. Shall we all rise up, please? Amen. People of God, member of this congregation, you should be thankful for the man that God has put in your midst. He's a gift of God to you. And you're responsible to God how you respond or take uh, the gift that God has given you. So would you raise up your hands toward him and release God's abundance in his life. More anointing, more wisdom, more knowledge, more influence, more favor from God, elevation from the Lord, God will put him in a higher position and his voice will be heard in the city and beyond. How many of you believe that God has a great things in store for your church and it begins from your pastor? The head then flows to the body. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your servant. We thank you for this man and his family broken in their spirit and surrender to the purpose and the will of God. Father, I thank you for the humility and the humbleness of his heart. And the sincerity of his spirit in obedience to the calling of God. To proclaim the unsearchable riches of the kingdom of God. As we declare, Lord God, today your blessing and pronounce it upon his life. Beyond measure, Lord God. That your glory will clothe him. Your anointing, Lord God, will search his being and your presence oh God becomes so alive in his heart and Father raise him up Lord God as a voice in this city to shake the very core of society in the name of Jesus and may his work oh God expand not only in the 
Illinois and Chicago, but around the world. Father, I thank you for this church, and I pray in the name of Jesus to continue to prosper and bless them so that they can do what they decide to do for your glory and honor. Now, Father, we pray for the service today. I pray for the word of the Lord to come, go forth in power. I pray that the word of God, Lord God, will ignite our hearts today. And I pray that your purpose and your will for us today will be accomplished according to the working and the moving of the Holy Spirit. We want to see your glory. We want to have a divine encounter with you. We want to feel the power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. We want to be changed and transformed, O Lord God. Hallelujah. I thank you for the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It has been three years since I was here. The last time I came here, I preached in two services too. Amen. I did not come here to get your money. Because my God supply my need. I did not come here to play with your emotion. To sympathize with me. I came here with a message. I called Pastor Joe and said, I'm in town. I did not ask him to book me to preach. But he, 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 we talked yesterday and he said... Can you come and preach for me tomorrow? I said, if you want to. Amen. I've been here now for three weeks, but I never asked for people, you know. I, 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 I want people to ask me. Yeah. Because I believe that the step of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Okay. I, I, I have some of my friends from all over the city that saw the flyer and then give me. So I thank you for coming. Uh, this young lady here got saved under my ministry, and the whole family came to the Lord. This man here from India, that hallelujah, Irene, praise the name of the Lord. How many of you here doesn't know me? Oh, so a lot of people are new in the church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for, you know, this is an answer to prayer because before I left the Philippines, these two churches were crying and said, we want to spend Christmas in our new building. I said, don't talk to me. Talk to God. <laughs> I don't have the money. We started it. With, it took us a long time to, uh, to build because we build as the money comes. And we don't really have no monthly support from the U.S. I live on my social security. And most of the money that we invested in this building came from a social security check. I don't know why I have a hard time of raising money. I, I hate to beg people. But I trust the Lord. So, man of God, thank you for, uh, you know, responding to the need. Amen. Well, so much for that. When he was introducing me, I got nervous. And I said to myself, Lord, stop him. Stop him. <laughs> you know. I just want to be known as it is the man of God who loves the Lord. Amen. But it's an honor, you know, to be called by God into the ministry. Amen. And I'm here because the Lord called me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Last night when I found out, or yesterday afternoon, that I will be preaching today, 
I was talking to the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to preach to the people? I went to bed. Okay, that's uh, 12 o'clock. I still have no clear mind. I can, I can go to my uh, uh, pantry, okay, where I can get all of my old messages and do well. But I hate to do that. So at 4 o'clock in the morning, God woke me up and gave me a message. This pandemic had really <laughs> been a blessing of God. To many, believe it is a terrible thing. To me, it's the best thing that ever happened in the world. Because of this pandemic, I really <laughs> found out who are for God and who are not for God. This pandemic also caused me to uh, discover the religious people and the spiritual people. Okay. The churchgoers and the committed ones. Amen. That's why the Bible said, all things working together for good to them that love the Lord. So I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning and I said, Lord, what? What even God said to me, okay, when problems arises, God said to me, people in the church forget who they are and they forget who I am. And then the second word is said, problems that come to your life is not a problem. It's a blessing. So I scratched my head. I said, Lord, if I preach it, that it's a blessing, people will say, I thought God <laughs> solved problem. And the Lord said, yes, it's a blessing. I said, why, Lord? Then he asked me this question. Do you believe in miracles? I said, yes. Do you want to see a miracle? I said, yes. Then you better welcome the problem. Especially problems that are beyond your control. Problems beyond your philosophical mind to comprehend. Problems that cannot be put into the test tube and have a formula to find a solution that warrant a miracle. Miracles only happen when it is beyond your control, beyond your ability. Ability and beyond your intellectual knowledge. And so therefore, things will arrive to your life and into my life that will shake the core of our very life, the foundation that we are standing on. That's the time where you can really discover and understand the reality of who God is. Amen? And experience miracles. One thing that has been forgotten by the church is this. Supernatural. The church has been caught up into, and there's nothing wrong with it, into education. 
I remember in the early days, I got saved in the 60s. Figure out how old I am. Okay. But I was, I was born again when miracle happened almost like every day. It, it was not impossible and it was not difficult to say a cripple all of a sudden walking. I was 16 years old or 15 years old seeing that. That's how my life in Christianity was built up. Little boy will pray for somebody and got healed. But now we have forgotten about supernatural. We go to church for, for, for an hour and a half and we become restless. Because we have, we, have no, we have lost the touch of the reality of the supernatural. We are so involved in the natural, tangible things. But the Bible said, and this is my text, Your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard, neither has entered into the perception and the understanding of your mind the things that God in store, prepare, get ready for those that will believe and trust in the ability and power of God. What we need today is not a sermon. We need an encounter with God. We don't need a, 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 a exegesis. We don't need homiletics. Uh, Etc. We don't need a hermeneutics. Yes, that's good in studying, but people today needs to encounter God. People today need to say, "Come and taste and see, experience and know that the Lord is good and His goodness and mercy endures forever." Christianity is not a social club of the weaklings. Christianity is the group of supernatural people. Your eyes is so blurred that you cannot see beyond pandemic. Your eyes is so blurred or blinded that you cannot go beyond. I have nothing to buy what I need. That's the best place to be. I learned that Every day of my life from the day I got saved. That when you are in the position that you have nowhere to go. Not knowing what to do. And you are against the wall. And seems seemingly there's no way of escape. And you say to yourself. This is the end of me. Thank God. That's where miracle begins. 
Because the end of yourself is the beginning of God in you. Until we come to the end of ourselves, you will never see the glory of God. You will never see the power of God. You will never see, hallelujah, the demonstration of who God is. Because as long as you can do that, as long as you can find a way to, to find a solution, you are the God of yourself. I can do it. I will do it. But it's a blessing to come to the place, my brother, where you can say, I cannot go on. I cannot go on. Dead end. Then you can look up to him and say, thank God. The end of myself is the beginning of God in me. When you cannot go any more farther, then he became the way maker. When there is no more light to see the path, then he is the light that shines in darkness. Amen. Hallelujah. So today, I would like us to understand that your ears, we need to cultivate our ears to hear the voice of God. I like that scripture that says, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. How about we say, and the word of the Lord came to Ray. And the word of the Lord came to Johnny. And the word of the Lord came to Mary. It became personal. We hear in the Bible when we read, and God spoke to Paul. And God said, how about you? What's the difference between you and the people in the Bible? We're serving the same kind of God. Hello? And God has no favorites. What is done for others, he will do for you. It is not a secret after all. Amen? But there are those people who come to understand that regardless of their status in life, regardless of their position in society, regardless of our, our, their social standing in the community, they know and understand that who they are and what they are is what? It's based upon how God has been revealed to them. The apostle Paul said, that I may know him. That I may understand him. That I may persuade, you know, perceive him the right sense of knowing and understanding him. Not with emotion, with goosebumps. But with intellectual knowledge and understanding that regardless of how I feel, regardless how I look at it, it's still the same. God is the God of the impossible. God is the one who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all what we could ask or think. And that God is willing and able and ready to do what you cannot do if you put your trust, your confidence, your whole reliance on God, and you will have a divine encounter with the Lord. So do not cry and feel sorry for yourself because you have a problem, but rejoice. With exceeding gladness because God is setting you up for a miracle. That's the person next to you. Get ready. God is setting you up for a miracle. 
Because in order to see a miracle, it must warrant for a miracle. Because if you can do it, it's not a miracle. Hello. But if alone God can do it, if God alone can do it, and he's able to do it, then it's a miracle. If I ask this morning in the congregation, how many of you would like to see a miracle? I know everyone will raise up their hands. Right? How many of you would like to see a miracle? Raise up your hand. See? Now, how many of you would like to have problems? Nobody will raise up their hand. But you all want miracle. Now, if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not stand in the truth and the reality of their experience with God, like what we are now in this pandemic, they will have never discovered, and we will never read it in the Bible, that fire has no power over those who are spiritually in tune and connected with God. And the burning fiery furnace was not a problem. The decree of death over those who will disobey the law of the king was not a problem. It was the way for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that God is not just a philosophy and a fragment, a fragment of ideas and thinking of any individual, but it is a powerful reality. One thing that is different in Christianity and religion is that Christianity is living the life of Christ. Religion is gaining the favor of God in his own merit and ability. But all of our good works are filthy rags in the sight of God. All of our ability cannot open the door of blessing for you. So when problem comes, don't cry. Rejoice that God loves you so much that he wants you to experience the reality of God in your life. Hallelujah. You know, in 2005, I was invited to preach in a conference in Liberia, West Africa. I went to the embassy, and uh, the vice consul said, we cannot give you your visa unless you present a health certificate from your doctor that you're healthy. During this time, the revolution in uh, Liberia just got over. Uh, president Taylor, I think it was Taylor, the president, left the country and uh, took all the money. And the country was really devastated, with, well, turned, turned by, upside down by the revolution. So I went to my doctor and I said, I need a health certificate. So he examined me, and uh, 
he got angry with me. I said, what have you been doing? You're a time bomb. You can just explode any time. My blood pressure was 185 over 105. I didn't have any symptoms, no headache, no nothing. I was just, he said, you can apply. You might die up in the air. I discovered during that time that both of my kidney was affected by the high blood pressure. 2005, my kidney was operating 40%, both of them. It has maintained. I was in uh, Italy in 2019. I could feel something is wrong for my body. When I went back to the Philippines, I went to the doctor and said, your kidney is not functioning properly. I started smiling to the doctor. And the doctor said, what are you smiling about? Your condition is bad. I said, what do you want me to do, cry? <laughs> would my crying help me? I, just, I would rather just smile. And I said, you are not too far away from the dialysis. Dialysis machine, I said, so what? Whatever, you know. I said, this is serious, Reverend. This is serious. I said, I know it's serious. But what can I do? That's beyond my control. Even if I cry, I put up a tantrum. It will just make it worse. I said, you're one of the patients that I could not understand. You are, you are one of a kind. I don't understand you. Some of my patients will cry. I said, I don't cry. You know why? I said, because now God can prove myself that he is God. God is not a reality when everything is okay. Everybody here can testify to the fact that when everything is going well according to your plan, you will say, Lord, bless this food for nourishment of my body. Amen. Lord God, bless me as I lay my head to sleep. Wake me up tomorrow morning. But when the problem comes, you fast, you look for everywhere in town where there is a Bible study or a prayer meeting because you are desperate and you know. Thank God for that. If the problem did not come, you will never know if, it, if I am a Christian or you are a Christian. Thank God the fire will make the gold come out more in its carrot. Amen. Hallelujah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not jump off the wall of the fire. They stay in the fire and God proved to them that, that he can insulate them in the midst of the fire and protect them from being burned and up to this time their life is a blessing to all of us that read their story without Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego we will never experience that God controls the fire that we go through there's Daniel Thrown in the lion's den. If I will be able to tell my, I, I will now be lion's den. He was starving for how many days? They starved him for how many days? But they threw him into the. If Daniel did not land in the lion's den, we will never discover that God has power to shut 
up the lion's mouth. So our, our problems, this pandemic just prove that we are prop, uh, fireproof. <laughs> Sit in the person next to you. You're a fireproof person. We discover that we will not be burned. We will not be drowned. We will not be carried away because I am with you, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So when problem comes, do not forget who you are. You're a child of God, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Know this, that God will never turn His back away from His people. He promised He'll be with you even unto the end of time. The king woke up early in the morning. So worried about Daniel. And went out into the, uh, I spoke in front of the uh, cave, the, the entrance of the cave. I said, hey, Daniel, are you okay? I guess he believed that Daniel will be okay because he asked, are you okay? Because if he knew Daniel would be eaten alive, he would never ask that. And Daniel said, the angel of God sent the angel of the Lord. Hallelujah. We have forgotten that many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them out from them all. We have forgotten that the angel of the Lord encompassed round about them that fear him. We have forgotten that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We have forgotten that if God before us, who can stand against us? For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So be still and know that the Lord is Lord and God is God and He will do great and mighty things for you. The doctor said, you should go back to the USA because um, your case is bad. I, I feel strong. But my kidney is not functioning properly. So I said this morning, Lord, this message is for me, not for them. I will see the salvation of the Lord. I will see the deliverance of the Lord. I am candidate for God's supernatural move. And I will see my miracle. On Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, I will see again the doctor. I don't care what report he will tell me. I believe the report of the Lord. I want you to understand that the voice of God, the voice of God is more powerful and stronger than the voice of pandemic. The voice of God is more powerful and stronger than the voice of COVID-19. 
whose report would you believe? I believe the report of the Lord. Hallelujah. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall not be put to shame. Call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Thou shalt be delivered. You will be healed. You will be set free. You will be blessed. Name it. Hallelujah. And if you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, everything that is lacking will be added unto you. So you are candidate for a miracle. So that you can be an agent for miracle. That scripture said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And you cannot tell the people around you how God is good if God is not good to you. Sometimes we mimic what people say without even thinking about it and saying it from our heart. We just say it for the sake of saying it. And you wonder why nothing is happening. Hallelujah. And I conclude this. And get ready. We're going to pray. I'll conclude this. Jesus said in Mark 9.23 to those that believe nothing shall be impossible. We hear it all the time with God all things are possible. But today I want you to forget that. I want you to Dwell your mind in what Jesus said. If you can believe, nothing is impossible for you. To those that believe, nothing shall be impossible. And our faith and our believing become more alive when we are in hot water. Right? When we are in a tight situation. So thank God for wherever you are today in your position in life. Thank God for that. But bear in mind, God has a better place for you to go. And you can come out from there because I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me the strength. I can do all things. I can believe. Hallelujah. Because of the power of Jesus Christ, the strength of Christ that is in me. Prosperity, you know, uh, sometimes uh, not upset sometimes I wonder when people say oh prosperity gospel prosperity the purpose of God the plan of God for you are not evil but good it is a plan not to harm you but to prosper you but I don't believe you that prosperity you lay your hands on it and you claim it and it will be yours that's silly to me but when you stand in the promise of God and you believe God and your heart is right. And the Bible said, if I regard no iniquity in my heart, God will hear me. One thing that is beautiful is when crisis time comes in, when we are in a crisis in our life, it is a, a wake-up call. You begin to realize and understand our position in God. 
you this morning. Believe that there's a miracle for you today. Deliverance is available today. God's hand is not short that He cannot reach out and touch you. The Word of God is alive and powerful that He cannot release you from every burden of life. I want you to understand that we're two or three gathered in His name. There He is in the midst of them. So forget your problem. Focus your mind to the one who is in our midst today. His power is available. His grace and mercy are, are, are sufficient for you and I. And there are no limits to what God can do. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Now let's just lift up our hands and worship the Lord for a moment. Glory to God. Prepare your hearts for your miracle. Praise the name of the Lord. Come on, people of God, lift up your voice. Hallelujah, Lord God. We worship you, Lord. We bless your holy name. We bless the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because of lack of time, if you need a miracle, if you need a touch from God, you need a breakthrough, right now, at a count of three, I want you to run to the altar. One, two, three. Miracle is waiting for you. The hand of God is ready to touch you. Glory to God. Nothing is impossible with God. If you need a touch from the Lord, you need a miracle from God, you want to have an encounter with the Lord, you want to feel the touch of His mighty power, I want you to come quickly right now. Believe today is the day of breakthrough. Believe today is the day of your miracle. Oh God, release. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the blessing. I thank you for the anointing. Father, I bless you in the name of Jesus. All to workers begin to make your way through this group here. God knows. God knows in the name of Jesus. May it come to pass according to his word. In the name of Jesus. Jesus over your health. Jesus over your finances. Jesus over your situation. Hallelujah. It was a setup for God to do what only He could do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A few more moments. A few more moments. We want everyone being prayed for. If you don't know Jesus, confess Him to be the Lord of your life. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. That might be the greatest miracle that happens here today. Every person who came up, though, will receive prayer in Jesus' name. Satan, you have to go. Every curse has to be broken. In Jesus' name, healing comes. God is able. God is able. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Waymaker, miracle worker. Come on, a few more moments. Don't be in a hurry. Second service will be coming, but this is your moment. This is your moment. 
We're not letting anybody go unless they've received prayer for their miracle. Don't let a delay make you think it's been denied. Remain in faith. we ask not we have not because we ask not I would rather pray a thousand times and see one miracle than never see a miracle because I never prayed God is here in our midst and he's doing great things don't let denial or delay cause you to deny what God is able to do God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly whatever we've ever asked or thought or imagined he is pushing back the darkness. He's pushing it back over your situation. We'll dismiss in just a moment. But I want you to hear it today that God is pushing back the darkness over your life. Sickness has to go. Sickness has to go in Jesus' name. Those who came for sickness be healed in the name of Jesus. Doctors aren't bad. They're doing their best, but God goes beyond doctors. If you've come up here for any mental anguish, counselors aren't bad, but God goes beyond counseling. If you're up here for any kind of addiction, help and seeking help is not bad, but God goes beyond 12 steps. There's one step to Jesus. Marriage issues, God can do beyond whatever you thought or imagined right now. Let him do it. A few moments. It's good. 